Welcome to Talent X, the Talent Experience Podcast featuring authentic conversations on the future of work, empowering you to better understand and deliver a best in class, future proofed career experience. For more insightful conversations, visit talentxpodcast.com. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Talent X Podcast. Thank you for joining Talent X Podcast. Today we have an incredible guest from across the pond. We have taken the show international today. We have Michael Moran, who is the CEO president of 1080. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, Rhonda. That's a very big build-up. I'm very privileged to be here this evening. Oh, you know what? I didn't even do the build-up. You know, you you need to tell. Um, the audience. Um, you've authored papers. You are an icon in the HR community in the UK. Um, you, you're just you're just a pillar of strength in HR. So, you know, to share share with the audience some of uh, some of your bio. Oh, thank you. And, and I'm now going to disappoint everybody because after that buildup, I can't possibly deliver. But but um, my background is an HR professional. I worked in the National Health Service and then came to the city, financial services, uh, worked uh, for an insurance company, then a commodity broker, um, after which time I decided I want, first of all, close to a business, uh, not be an HR person at all. So I got an MBA, became the operations manager at the commodities business, and then decided I wanted to work in a business that had sort of meaning and purpose. Uh, and so I spent the last 20 years of my life running um, businesses that help people better manage their careers or from an organizational perspective, maximizing the potential um, of uh, maximizing their potential uh, from an organizational perspective, um, hopefully creating along the way job satisfaction and, of course, uh, employee engagement. So that's my area of expertise. That's what I love doing. Yeah. And I can tell you from experienced people that Michael is one of these people who carries his heart on his sleeve. He really is passionate about what he does. So um, I'm going to kick this off by um, asking about the 1080 report um, on the rise of the human focused leader. Um, And you have five main themes in this and highlight it in the report. People first, beyond leadership, Technology and communications, agility and collaboration. They, they're all great themes, but the concept and beyond leadership is particularly intriguing. Um, can you do me a favor? Can you dive into this a little more and, and give us some examples of it? Because I've never heard of it before. Okay, well, well I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased you picked that point, Rhonda, because obviously the research was interviewing business leaders and HR professionals about what what they saw as the competences that leaders needed in this sort of post-COVID era. And this thing called ambient leadership was a recurring theme. And I'm I'm going to give you two examples. I'm going to, dare I say, one stateside example, then one UK example. And I think it's typified by, um, dare I say, the work of Colin Kaepernick. You know the man who who took the knee, and, and as as a as a well, you know, dare I say to a, a football player in the states, he has a vision and a, and an activist, and trying to create people awareness. 
in the UK, we've got a guy called Marcus Rashford. And Marcus plays football for Manchester United. But during the COVID, has been drawing um, awareness to child poverty in the UK and the campaigning with the government to get them to fund school meals. So, so, so what we're saying here is that leaders, it's not just about the numbers in the business. We're not even saying it's just about the people who deliver those businesses. We're saying it's about the communities that businesses serve. And I'm gonna give you one further example to illustrate that. From today's news in the UK, of a, of a tech entrepreneur who has created a campaign to say, we know in COVID children are having difficulties learning. Uh, now, remote learning has been tricky. A lot of people don't even have computers. So he's been saying, why don't organisations take their old computers and put them back into schools? Because organisations have computers. They regrade them probably every two or three years, but the computer itself is still useful. And so that's a really good example of somebody says, you know what? We as a business have got to look after our local community. And, and not just in terms of there are customers, but there is there's what I call doing the right thing. And that's what Ambion Leadership is all about, doing the right thing. And do you think that these leaders all have a, a predestined passion um, that they identify this direction that they go in? I, I think the answer is yes, they do. I mean, you were very kind to say, I, I wear my heart on my sleeve, I'm very passionate. I, I, I know more important than any other time when people align to the, the value of the businesses, does it have mission and purpose? Do I subscribe to what it does? And therefore leaders to get followers need to be at the front of that queue. They need to be exemplars of, this is why we're doing what we're doing. So absolutely, I think passion is critical to leadership now. Right, right. And I'm gonna go on. Um, I'm, I'm gonna pick another example from the report, um, People First. And it makes sense that People First, the human resources should actually be that human. And I have to tell you right now, oh my gosh, my pet peeve is when they call it, we used to call it the human capital. It's like, oh, that's horrible to call HR human capital. Um, anyways, can you explain your takeaway on the people first approach? Yeah, and, and I'm going to step back for, for a middle be, minute because um, we went we through the industrial revolution. Um, and, and, and if you like the, the growth of people like Fordism and scientific management, we, we, we thought building successful businesses was making sure they were very efficient and highly productive. And, and the, these, these jobs weren't constructed with human beings in, in, in mind. We, we took the human beings and we adapted them to the technology. I'm going from a very different place. I'm saying today, organizations have got to become employee centric. You've got to design jobs around the people. And, and I know this will resonate with you in Fuel 50. That's the significance of understanding what's important to people, what motivates people and what it is they like doing and consequently are good at. Because if you start designing jobs around those three things, you're going to highly engage people. And that's not the way we run businesses. And I'm saying going forward, it's at the heart of good leadership and management practices. Good leadership, employee-centric. Exactly, exactly. And, 
And I always like that. Um, everybody should be doing what they want to be doing because if they're not, they're not having the opportunity to perform at their optimal level. Exactly. Yeah. So seeing, <clears throat> seeing the propelled positive change and adding hum humanists to le leadership the, um, and making it a priority, um, a great positive from this year, and, and gosh, thank God, thank God this year in 2020, there are some positives that are coming out of it, is that the, the human side of leadership. How can leaders maintain this people-first approach um, it, uh, that's the empathy that we've created um, from 2020. How do we pay this forward? Okay. Well, I mean, and, and you're right to identify, see, I'm in Malcolm Gladwell's camp, that it, it's a tipping point, isn't it? You know, what we've discovered, for example, the vast majority of employees can work from home. And, and working from home for a lot of people gives them freedom around when they work, where they work, how they work. And, and that technology has been around for some time, but as a result of COVID, we've had to start constructing jobs around people working from home. So to answer your question specifically, I also think there's some very, um, if you like, fundamental principles about how you run a business. So if you design jobs around people, you get high levels of engagement, you get greater loyalty, you get greater innovation. Now, they then cascade into the things that would traditionally associate with business success. It's about productivity. It's about profitability and shareholder value. So, you see, I, I think whereas it may have taken us some time to realise we've got to be human-centric and not designing jobs in a different way, now we've gone that point, there's no going back. I, I, I tell this story quite a lot. I think pre-COVID, if somebody said, we want you to come in the office on Monday morning at nine o'clock for a meeting, you'd probably say, okay, I'll be there. Now I'm going to say, you know what? I'm not sure I do want to come in. I, I can do that job from home. If on the other hand, I can say, can you come in Thursday afternoon, Michael, at three o'clock? And I can go out with my friends afterwards. Great idea. What we're seeing here is, is this tipping point around designing jobs around how people want to do it. And leaders have got to tap into that. And the good news is that I think, as a result of this remote working, leaders know they need to stay in touch. They've taken a holistic view of employees. Mental health and well-being has suddenly become very important to us. Whereas before, you know, I would probably stop by the office just check how he was doing. But now I can't see you. I've got to change my behaviours. So I do think this will be a tipping point to embed behaviours that make this human-focused leader. And, you know, leaders have had to change. You know, uh, there's been a lot of leaders that have fallen through the cracks um, during the past year. And it's because they haven't been able to let go of the control. You know, yeah. um, they, they haven't let go of it. And, and I just think that we've seen a whole new leader step mm. on the scene. Um, I have heard stories from, you know, we've all, we all laugh um, at, you know, the, the little one coming, barging in on, on the, in a room during a Zoom meeting, or the dog bark, barking when the UPS delivery driver comes. You know, leaders of today just smile at that. That's part of life. That's part of work now. It is part of work. Work is life and life is work. 
Well, it gives that window, doesn't it? The very fact I'm looking at your your room now and you're looking at mine and you're seeing the Buddha behind me, it gives us an insight into a person that we didn't get when they came into the office. So I, it, it's, it's, a, it's a remarkable thing that, as you say, how the fact we have been working remotely has changed people's perspective. But I'm going to issue one issue, of course, because you are right. There are certain people for command and control, or if I can't see what you're doing, I, I can't guarantee you doing what you should be doing is a very old style way of thinking. And underpinning it is what I call trust. They see if you trust your employees um, and they know they're trusted, then it's a very different model to one of command and control where I'm going to be watching you to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing because I don't trust you. And I don't think there's any way of going back to that. And I think employees truly want to work for organizations where they are empowered and engaged. And the heart of that is trust. Does my manager trust me? Do I trust my manager? And that, 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 that door, we're not going to back there. I don't see us going back there anytime soon. I, I, ho- I hope not. I hope not. But I deal with several companies in Japan and they, the rem- remote worker is really, even during this era, has not become the norm. And it's, and I, I, I believe it, it's because the leadership, their leadership programs haven't evolved as they should. Have you given any thought to that, Michael? I, 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 and I've certainly seen organizations post COVID in the UK that have felt the need to get people back into the office and, and driven exclusively by the manager's view that if I can't see what you're doing, how do I know you're doing what you should be doing? But I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that we've got a position of where we know the technology works and, and employees are, you know, are vociferous and vocal about what they want to do. That's the whole effort, ethos of building jobs around people is to make sure we're meeting the individual's needs as well as the organization's needs. So, yeah, I, I can't necessarily comment on uh, things in Japan because I'm not a nod, but, but I do know that this particular gene is out of the bottle. You're going to have to design jobs around people and not vice versa. And, and millennials and the next generation are not going to let go of it. They, they, you know, the, the view is them is I want to work for an organization with meaning and purpose, and I want to work when I want to work. And, 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 and by the way, it's a very different constructive employment. I'm going to work for you, Rhonda, if you're going to make me more valuable. I, you know, if you make me more employable, I'm going to stay here. The moment you're not doing that in, in an area where actually the knowledge worker is king, I'll work elsewhere. And so driving businesses around, you are a unit of labor, do as you're told, that that era has gone. You're going to have to sculpt jobs around people. Exactly. And, and saying that, um, when I'm in my meetings with some clients in Japan, I say, give it time because the youth drive it, drives it. Uh, we're living in a global world now. And what happens in one side of the world, it, it, no, sooner than later, starts happening on the other side of the world. Yeah. And, and, and I accept speed of changes, but I, I'm old enough to remember there was a time, for example, no organization made anybody redundant in Japan. Just happen. They, yep. And that they, still is there. Outplacement is the fastest growing business in Japan because, because organizations can't make that commitment. But equally, I, I'm making the point that this issue, and if, if you follow um, uh, 
the guy who invented LinkedIn, you know, uh, whose view is it's all about employability for organizations because you've got to be quick to adapt to innovation and change. So you need that resources. But equally for people, they're going to view you, am I more employable as this experience? And, and that's absolutely critical to uh, read Hoffman's view is organizations are there to make people more employable. That's They're right. there to make people more employable. More employable. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting concept. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you know, we're kind of winding down, but I want to ask um, the future proof leader. We you talked about that. What are the skills required for the leader of the future? What's going to make the Hemlock successful? And I'm, get, I'm very glad you asked that because obviously people can get the paper, but there is an appendices on the key skills for leaders. And I'm not going to read them all out, but I am going to say, so for example, influencing, you know, the days of telling people what to do, as opposed to the days of telling people why we're doing this, why we should do it. So influencing and communicating, uh, definitely going down the path of being open and honest and transparent, um, being authentic, uh, building loyalty in your employees. These are now the key building blocks of a human focused leader. And I, I could go on, but I, but I won't. It's all set out in appendix one, the skills you need. Yeah. And you know what, Michael, you just described yourself. Oh, you're too kind. <laughs> Michael, you know, you do um, so well in your space and you're so well respected. Um, and you always have that, that hearty laugh that I love. Um, what drives Michael Moran every morning to get up and put a smiley face on and go out and, and share, share his, his passion? Well, it's a good question. It's one I, 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 I've thought about for quite a long time. I'm very fortunate, Rhonda, um, because I am truly blessed. I do something I love doing. And I love helping people uh, find job satisfaction and career success. <coughs> and you see, I think everybody, everybody should be entitled to job satisfaction and career success. The problem is for most people, they don't get that help. Well, I'm fortunate I'm working in a business that truly helps people find that potential. And that's why every day I look forward. I, I always say to people, I would do what I do whether I get paid or not because I love it. Wow, that's, that's so, um, that's so, that, that's passion. That's passion, Michael. Yeah. You know, um, and on that note, um, Michael, I wanna thank you so much for, for being a guest on Talent X. And today our guest has been Michael Moran from 1080 in the UK. Michael, a closing word at all for yourself? No, no, my, my closing word for people listening to this is I truly believe everyone's entitled to job satisfaction and career success. Take the time to seek it out. Take the time to seek it out. It's there. The answer is out there. This is Rhonda Taylor from Talent X saying, have yourself a good day. And remember, we're all in this together. Bye now. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Talent X Podcast. For more talent experience and future of work conversations, visit talentxpodcast.com. 
Follow us on Twitter at TalentX Podcast. Or join the conversation with hashtag TalentX Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. TalentX, the Talent Experience Podcast, was brought to you by the fabulous Fuelies at Fuel 50.